This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics, and we promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. In this episode, we have Dodds, the top augmented reality artists. Dodds, welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. Hey, th- thank you uh, very much for having me on. Great, thank you for coming. It's great to have you. Uh, all right, in every tech, and mobile is not an exception, there are transitional moments when a new tech comes in and that drastically change the game. For mobile, augmented reality is that tech. And by now, it's way more than Pokemon Go. Admit, you've heard about, when you've heard the term, that was what, what popped up in your mind, right? Today, AR is more than Pokemon Go. It's education, shopping, navigation, on and on. To me, the best application for augmented reality so far is what Google Translate AR does. When you can just point your phone somewhere in a subway station in China and quickly figure out where the hell is your train and why it's not on schedule. Cool, right? But today, Dodds will tell us about the AR potential for app marketing. But first, I always ask people uh, to talk about themselves before we start covering the topic. And I think it will be especially proper here with you, Dodds. Please tell us about your story. Absolutely. I um, So I come from a creative background, so from an artist first, and then got into augmented reality about three or four years ago just from experimenting with my artwork and um, trying to find a style that was unique so as you can imagine very very steep learning curve in the initial phase to like wrap my head around um, AR and then for the past few years continuing to make artwork and then working with brands and celebrities on AR experiences for them and been very fortunate with the type of brands who have sort of like come knocking on the door uh, as there's not you know too many experts in the space so they often want to know what's possible and uh yes yeah, I guess my job to talk about AR all day which is which is why I'm here as your does uh it's a bit of a like you know reminds me of what you know, Steve Jobs used to say that Apple is in the intersection of art and tech, and AR is a this. That's another intersection of art and technology, like literally, right? Yeah, absolutely, and that's where seeing um, AR and like the fact that you could hold your phone up to something and then that something could change, and like how that could be applied to art, just like blew my mind. And obviously, as I say, creatively. Um, mm-hmm that's what I was pursuing but just from like and being a nerd like I just thought that was sci-fi like that was just crazy I hadn't seen anything like that before and in terms of being an artist having a style that's unique one way to sort of guarantee that is to use tools that aren't, haven't been available for the past 100 years so nobody else has really got the chance to dabble with that yet so um yeah as soon as I started adding the AR to my artwork then um very quickly sort of uh um, the reaction was very strong. Like people haven't haven't seen that that, that type of art before. That's cool. Uh, how would you define augmented reality for yourself? I I mean, in some cases, you have to talk about Pokemon Go, which I think anybody who's from the AR world will sort of like roll their eyes at. But um, mm-hmm. it's 
good case study that everyone's heard of, but I like to describe it as try to simplify it down as easily as possible for people to digest. It's the ability to add a digital layer over your physical environments in real time. That's, I guess, like the top line sentence, but I mean, you can dive a lot deeper into um, the camera can understand what it's looking at, you know, in this scene that you've created. And then you can, with that information, direct it to do any countless uh, number of things from, you know, putting IKEA furniture or Pokemons into your environment to whole, you know, artworks and virtual trial and everything else that can come with it. So in its simplest form, it's a digital layer over a physical environment. Yeah, it's actually very, you know, um, that's description of what augmented reality is and how is the layer on top what the, our senses are giving us actually brings me to this point that, to, to be honest, our brain is just sitting there inside of your skull and looking around through the senses. Um, so you're kind of giving the one more dimension to that reality that has been built by your senses for your brain. And it's just amazing what we're capable what we're capable of doing it right now so we're i guess we're pretty lucky in this respect yeah and it's really in its infancy like the fact that we can do everything that i'm sure we're going to describe in a minute like on a yep. small you know portable computer it is just crazy and like five years ago you wouldn't have been able to do it so i imagine in in five years time you know what you'll be able to do will be uh yeah pretty impressive i get quite excited when i start getting into sort of what what's possible yeah, absolutely. So, so um, what is the cutting edge of AR in digital advertising today? And if you can give me a, one or two examples, that would be great for people to wrap their heads around this concept, how it works. Um, I mean, from a from a marketing point of view, um, what there's, I mean, there's like there's quite a lot, I guess, that we could like dive into. But from let's say from a um, conversion point of view it, in, engaging if your marketing campaign has an ar element to it if you the user are engaging with that ar experience you retain 70 percent of what you learn from ar compared to 10 percent of what you read and that's because if, if you think about it it does make sense because you're you're not just observing it you're actively involved you're using your hands you're using different parts of your brain you're engaging with this so it has the there's obviously um yeah different parts of your brain firing off that will help you remember that and then there's lots of research that shows that that then impacts future decision making so from a marketing point of view it's an amazing tool that is being explored um and i, I can will i assume continue to be explored further by more and more brands because i guess from a results point of view which is what everybody cares about <laughs> that um yeah, yeah. It, it's it's obviously an exci exciting field but then from a, a creative point of view from marketing then there's a whole new a whole new avenue to explore it's not just making photos or video content for say social media or billboards or television or whatever there's now this ar augmented reality like what can you do with that how would you what would a super bowl ad look like if it was an augmented reality experience you know that you could put in your home in front of you what would a, a a billboard in times square look like that you could hold your phone up to and you know something could take over times square like there's so many you know what does a bus stop look like there's so many that, like different routes that it could take from a creative point of view um yeah it's, it's very exciting as well
Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, um, if you've been following what the um, analytics analytics of digital advertising have been telling you for the last several years, we see this kind of a banner of blindness. People are not reacting as they used to advertising pretty much everywhere in the standard form. If graphics or even video is starting slowing down, like it's just a matter of situation. At some point, even the best tool um, starts to, you know, lose its mojo over time. And I guess because augmented reality is like that different from what you've experienced before, your curiosity, like your uh, sense of wonder and uh, how the yeah, hell does it actually work? Like yeah. it makes you, you know, your interaction more engaging. And you do remember, it's just like you're saying way better your experience with uh, that AR um, advertising and of, of course your um, memory of the brand and its product, right? Yeah, absolutely. And from, uh, we talked to a, a lot of marketing agencies, um, the thing, one of the stats that they love um, going back to their client with is dwell time. Like you just mentioned there about social media, it's about less than a second. I think the average time, you know, on co content these days, the average mm -hmm. dwell time on meta effects, Facebook and Instagram is 75 seconds. So in social media, that is literally <laughs> like yeah, it's a lifetime uh, to hold somebody's attention on Infinity. there. So the, I mean, the stats sort of speak for themselves, but in terms of what's cutting edge, what's available, the, the, the tech platforms, the social media platforms are pioneering. Uh, I mean, some are better than others at doing different things, but the, the capabilities that those, you know, Snapchat, Meta and TikTok have are um, the the most advanced, really, and like what the capabilities on there are pretty impressive. All right, now um, let's apply augmented uh, reality to mobile apps specifically. So, how does uh, AR may work or actually work works for uh, mobile app marketing? Um, can you think of um, any examples, like um, probably any specific brand, something recognizable? on the top of your head. Absolutely, I think if you're building an AR experience within an app, there are, um, I mean, there's amazing benefits really. The fact that you would uh, you'd have more control over the, the camera permissions, so you would be able to do specifically whatever you're doing within AR, you'd be, you'd be able to control it more and you'd be able to have bigger file sizes, which is you know quite important. And you'd also be able to, um, you know, control the lighting and the, and the shading and really the the if you the budget to invest in it, the AR experiences would be better than those on social. But um, in terms of examples, there's 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 I mean I feel like I'm going to sound like a broken record by just saying there's there's, there's so much. But I um, went over my I went through the apps on my phone just before this call just to like note down like oh this could be this or this could be used in AR in, in this capacity. So we got. I'll just rattle off my little list if that's okay. Um, we got fitness. So from an AR point of view, you'd be able to use body tracking techniques in exercises. So I could put the camera in front of me and they could teach me how to stretch properly so I'm not getting injured. And if you're then marketing, you could use virtual try-on for me to try on products, not just fitness, but fashion in general, you know, and then, and then purchase those items. We got FaceTime, even this conversation we're having now, looking at each other through a screen, like we could have had 
a pair of AR glasses on where you could have been sat next to me right here, or we could be sat in the lounge of the people listening or on the train with sat next to the people listening as they're consuming their content. So even thinking about how content's consumed, I think it's really exciting for apps of the future. You mentioned navigation earlier, mm -hmm. both in, even in cars, um, how they're, you've got, we've got a little screen at the moment when we use us at navs but that won't always be the case that will probably be on the screen in the future and you'll be able to it will highlight which road you're supposed to like turn off because it'll be able to understand what's going on um and then get games is a, a sort of an obvious one that probably should have started with vr obviously goes into gaming quite a lot but even being able to play i play this pool game where um I, uh, yeah it's a snooker it's pool but i'd be able to have like a full snooker table on this desk in front of me right here and you know the much more interesting experience than playing on my little tiny device so in terms of apps they're just like the first five or six that i just looked at on my phone in you know for 30 seconds but um yeah without sounding like a broken record there's it's like where do you want to start really there's so many possibilities yeah, I, I, I totally hear you. It's not a broken record. It's mm -hmm. just, um, you said there, you perhaps the navigation. Again, it reminds me of my recent experience when I decided to give it a try for Apple Maps, augmented uh, mm -hmm. reality, laying over uh, the, the navigational cues for you when you're walking through the street. You can see where, you, where, where the hell you should actually turn when you have five, six turns on the square when previously it wasn't possible to actually give you the, uh, the specific direction where you should go. Now you can do that. You just just um, uh, hover your phone over you, the buildings around you for a few seconds. So they actually pick up the kind of a layer of uh, your um, environment and start giving you specific cues, specific um, piece of information about the companies, offices, uh, shops, anything around you with uh, just labels and the direction where you're going, that's that's amazing. And of course, things like, you know, uh, good old measure app on iOS, which actually pretty accurate. We, if you're using uh, the iPhone Pro or iPad Pro, uh, I guess you can, you're still off if you set millimeters here and there, but you get a good, uh, like a, Good measure, like in a situation when the measure tape is out of reach and you have your on the phone, you can measure anything, um, which is just spectacularly amazing for me. Yeah. So using it as a tool is really exciting as well. And to go back to your point about navigation, they, um, I think it might be Heathrow in, in London has uh, an app that has AR in it as well. So you can get to your gate, which obviously if you're in a rush and you know how oh, cool. difficult to always find your gate or I think Walmart's in America have this type of thing as well to help you find those stores are obviously so huge so it's even on a smaller scale not just um sat navs that navigation will become really useful and then from your your point about using ar as a tool um i guess it kind of it, this combines a point more about like e-commerce but you could have whole, whole apps that are um designed for, for for using tool hardware is a great example so i'm thinking we had a brief for a client a while ago that was um a, a fencing company and they wanted to be able to put garden fences in people's homes so they could see the different patterns and it was obviously to scale it and the models look realistic and they they could change the colors of the fences they sold paint as well so they could change the color of the fences that were already there and it's just like using you know, it's just like this sort of stuff didn't exist like even a few years ago but now even 
companies that you wouldn't necessarily associate with forward thinking tech like garden fences are like mm-hmm. using these tools to convert and you know sell, sell more really awesome now i'm sure you've heard this question a lot but still what are your <laughs> thoughts about ar versus vr and what do you think about meta which you know, from what i can see trying to kind of uh, mix both in one device uh the the ar and vr questions um it's an interesting one there's obviously use cases for virtual reality and gaming being like the the main focus at the moment and i think we've sort of proved that point that the future of gaming will probably be vr the latest device that may have released is the first um enterprise device really it's trying to use more or try to broaden, I guess, that audience. So it's not just gamers. The The device that they made was more for like working. So you could have mm-hmm. desktop, you know, and it had mixed reality and um, uh, mixed reality in the fact that it did have AR elements to it, but also virtual elements as well for the, for the meetings and stuff. So I think there's use cases for virtual reality. I think there's more use cases for augmented reality, even just some of the ones we rattled off very quickly. I would say there's more than probably all of um, VR at the moment combined. Um, and I just think the idea of combining your environment around you with a digital layer is more interesting than like taking you out of your reality altogether. All, all um, so that obviously, obviously, as an AR artist, I would sit on to you know lean towards the augmented reality side. But the the question of meta as a whole is um, really interesting, and it, like I know that people are wondering why they are basically pinning their whole business on the future of these headsets working and then them being the 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 company that the headset that everybody owns but i think that they've they've learned their lesson from apple where they they own the software but they don't own the hardware so they've you know overnight you know their business has been significantly impacted by something that was out of their control so yeah i believe they're doubling down on trying to make as many people as possible use these headsets before Apple drop theirs and hopefully win that race because if they do win that race then and everybody's using their headsets rather than somebody else's they'll own the hardware they'll own the software um, and then they'll be in control of things you know like what ads are seen by who and and that sort of thing so I mean that's probably a different conversation whether that's a good idea or not for one company to to own everything but um, yeah I think I think that that's matters what matter their sort of play is at the moment. Yeah, I guess uh, to bring up Apple again, I remember that quote that Steve Jobs years ago uh, quoted Alan Kay, if you're really serious about software, you should do your own hardware. Mm. Um, That's, and from many perspectives, technical, marketing, um, you know, uh, being independent, just like you're saying with Facebook, yeah, I think they're, they're, they're betting a new tech trying to be a pioneer. Gosh, it remains to be seen how successful that effort will be and how acceptable people will be given the current um, record of um, you know, Facebook's um, problems, uh, so to speak. Uh, so it remains to be seen how acceptable people will be of you know bringing matter to their lives um, mm-hmm. on the scale as you know currently Facebook enjoys having two billion users. Is it? actually feasible to bring that many people or it would still be kind of a niche product for businesses for enterprise and never would took off took off for regular user you know for layman just like me and you i i think it will i think 
there'll need to be a point where the experiences or the use cases um, for wearing headsets, for example, are better than whatever we're doing at the moment. So if you just take this conversation between me and you, if we're um, if there's another experience where I can see you in front of me as a hologram, but not as like a rubbish sort of cartoon version of you, like a realistic version of you. And then we can have this conversation and it will feel, I won't be looking at a screen. I'll, I'll be like, it will seem as if you're like sat here right next to me. Um, then that would be a better experience. And I don't think that we're Meta have already shared their, they're doing some, uh, they've shared some examples of these like highly realistic avatars that you create by just scanning your face with, with your phone. So it's not even like we're that far away really. So if you have these really good case studies and then people go, oh yeah, we could do this on Zoom or we could do it over, you know, the headset, then more people will try that. And then there'll be like a slow adoption, but it's certainly not gonna be a, an overnight thing. Cause I mean, people don't wear headsets at the moment, do they? But it might be a bit more normal normalized in sort of five years yeah i guess so it may in that in that time frame uh, people will be considering it like you know part of what you can experience in a daily basis if you need to if just like you're saying you will literally getting somebody next to you visually psychologically it will not be that different from actually having somebody next to you except you can touch the person if you want to yeah so yeah i guess that would be really a good um so again, augmentation of our experience of communication with other people, right? Yeah, and then from e-commerce point of view, like just as another case study, the if I'm going to buy a, a top online, the the website at the moment is like some pictures of some models that don't look like me, who aren't the same size as me. But if I could put on my headset and stand in the mirror and I'll be wearing that top and it, it will measure me and tell me exactly which size is best that, or I can try it on with my boots, my jeans to see if it actually fits. Like I think it's going it, to, like it's going to match my outfit. Like I think it's going to fit. That's, and then I buy it and I don't need to return it because I know it is going to fit me or I don't need to buy multiple sizes and send the others back. So there's no hassle there that that's a better experience than like web 2d web at, at the moment. So when those things happen, which are already like happening sort of, um, but well, they, they already exist, but when they're better, then um, yeah, just be, it will be like an everyday thing that people just use. Exactly, that's a great point because right now, one of the things that make the difference between people buying some stuff uh, virtually, so electronically, or actually going to the store is that in the store, they can actually try out that thing in the booth. Uh, but if you can do the same experience for somebody sitting at home, like, you know, Amazon will be delighted to have, <laughs> to have that capability. So people will, um, not only Amazon, but any retailer will not be uh, worried about somebody will be, you know, returning stuff because it doesn't fit. People can actually see themselves if it doesn't fit yeah. for them being at home and, um, yeah, before, you know, clicking that purchase button. Which is amazing. I know Amazon are absolutely working on that as well. I saw, <laughs> sorry, I can't remember when, but I saw a um, a patent that they'd filed for literally what we're describing right now. Although I haven't heard anything since I saw that patent. And I don't know what I was doing looking at <laughs> patents of AR tech, but Amazon are definitely, definitely working on um, some, exactly what we're describing. Uh, now, Dodds, is there is anything about AR you would really like to change? 
to this point? Mm. I think I mean there's a, there's a few things. The this it's changing so so rapidly. So just to take Meta for example, the software that they use, um, the free software that they have called Spark AR, has an update every week. So there's 52 updates a year. So it's it's constantly changing, even week by week. So I'm sure but almost by the time this comes out, perhaps what I ask for might might have already happened. But um, the I see. you're wait, you're waiting for the for for the uh, quote-unquote mainstream adoption, you're waiting for the internet speeds to get quicker globally so you can have bigger file sizes. Bigger file sizes will mean that you can have more realistic models or longer experiences, which will obviously lead to like new interesting case studies. But then if I could just change anything today, it would be um, the head, like to have the headsets already and not, and not to use, I don't think... AR is at its full potential when you're using it on a phone because although we're putting it in your environment around you usually you're doing it still through a tiny little screen and it feels quite unnatural but if you're just having a pair of glasses on you you know they're so light that you don't even realize you're wearing them and then there's products or art or whatever it might be floating around or even you know a Super Bowl ad or the halftime show going on in your room in front of you and it looks like you're just looking at your room naturally rather than through uh, this smaller you know square lens that we have then that is, i think that yeah if i could change that today i'm sure that's what it's going to be like you know in the near future but today would be nice <laughs> fingers crossed on what's happening in the apple's labs right now when they're yeah. tinkering with that tech i i think okay we've uh, tackled the first uh, major topic on the table there's a second part of the show where i get a chance to ask a just a few quick questions to every guest and here they are what smartphone do you have now have you been switching between ios android or just staying one line playing all the time i i have an iphone uh, iphone 13 and i have always had an iphone i think uh, you know as, as long as I, I can remember um i which I was probably it's obvious as um, yeah, like with that, with that, without really thinking about it, I've just always gone and got, got the phone, but I enjoy how everything just links up. So I have the AirPods, I have the Apple watch, I have the laptop and it all, you know, sings together quite nice, nicely. But from, to talk about AR, uh, Apple's glasses that you just mentioned there, what they're working on. Once I feel like I'll have the complete set once I have that headset. So not only will I be able to see this amazing stuff, I might be able to have uh, more processing power, maybe because my phone is connected, you know, the maybe it's all mm -hmm. run through there and projected through the glasses, which means the glasses are lighter. But then I've also got this great audio experience because my headphones are synced naturally. And then I've got these vibrations going through my hands as I'm picking up a, a lightsaber or whatever it might be um, with, with my wrist as well. So yeah, although I've always been a, a slave to Apple, I think it might pay off. <laughs> now I've got all the, the products for the, yeah, this great experience when these ski goggles come out. Got you. Um, what was your first mobile phone before iPhone? I had um, um, a Samsung, it was a little slidey Samsung uh, D500, and it had uh, an extra speaker that you could plug in because I don't think it played music really but so yeah i used to carry around my uh samsung and uh, uh speaker separately which probably blows some people's minds i imagine um yeah. just hearing that 
For sure. Uh, back to present. Um, imagine you've left your home without your iPhone 13. What would be the most missing feature for you? I use my phone. Um, the app I probably use the most is my notes page because I'm just always just having these like random thoughts that if I don't jot down or like things to do that I won't jot down, then I'll just like forget. So I'd probably miss the notes page the most. Yeah. And now um, when you're looking at your iPhone and uh, wondering, wouldn't be great if that thing was capable of doing that or uh, something that is not there yet, uh, software, hardware, uh, and I'm not totally, and I'm not uh, specifically asking about, you know, any tech, any trend that is in, you know, kind of hyped at this moment. Specifically for you, what would you like your iPhone being capable of doing that it's not capable of doing right now? It's an interesting question. The first, the first thing that came to mind was a, a longer battery, so I could use it for longer. Would probably be um, uh, something I, I wish it could do without having to charge it during the day. But in terms of what would I like it to do? Um, I think I would like it to, it would be nice if I could create AR experiences within the camera feed. So at the moment, you really have to use a QR, a QR code um, to then get to the AR experience. But if I could just go straight and take that step out, or if it could scan QR codes whilst it was um, recording video, that would be cool because that you know might take you into a new experience and still be recording. So just a bit more of a seamless I mean, the QR code is pretty quick, but it'd be nice to sort of take one step out. So all you have to do is hold your phone up and point it at something and it just uh, does its magic. Got you. All right. Before I let you go, very, very final question. How can people get in touch with you and get more information about what you do? Uh, well, on all social medias, um, Dodds, which is D-O-D-D-Z. I've seen some unusual different yeah, versions. Yeah, it's, it's easier to look you up. Yeah. <laughs> of Dodds. Um, uh, yeah, that's probably the best way. My, my DMs are open. Um, happy to answer any questions that people might have. Terrific, Dodds. Thank you so much for coming and spending this 30 minutes with us. Thank you so much. No worries. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that was Dodds, uh, top augmented reality artist. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. Remember, we release episodes on Mondays. So subscribe and you'll be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave us a review or comment on iTunes. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.